Hi, everyone. <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> Stay patient. Show I'm up. Gonna, show, up. <laughs> show, 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 show up. Show up. Show up. Hey, y'all. My name is Sarah, and you're listening to Stay Patient. Show up. Thanks for joining us today. Woo woo! How was that? <laughs> that was good. So, hello. My name is Sarah Keaton. I use they, them, and she, her fluid pronouns. I am black, queer, poly, trans, gender fluid, fat, and neurodivergent. I'm an Aries. Fire signs all the way. And I'm excited to have this conversation with all of you. Okay. Yeah, you're doing great. For the first episode, I wanted to invite two of my favorite humans, Ashton Temple and Spencer Keaton. Do you want to say hi? Hello. Hello, hello. Spencer, who are you? Hello, everyone. I am your brother and your bestie, your confidant. (laughs) I am, I use he, him, and I am a straight cis male. Not really proud of it, but it's the truth. <laughs> hey, we all have our we all have our um, our flaws. <laughs> Ashton, who are you? Hi, I'm Ashton. I'm Sarah's soul friend, and I use she/her pronouns. I'm white. I'm a teacher, and I'm really happy to be here. Yay! <laughs> okay, so first question. Why are you two, like, why, when I both texted both of you and said, hey, I'm doing a podcast, you were both like, yes. Why are you, why were you excited? Well, for me, we already talked about kind of starting one a while ago, just because we always have these deep conversations that we're like, this is some good stuff, you know, maybe revisit this later. So then (laughs) when you... I don't know, when you asked me, I was like, she's doing it, you know, she's finally doing it. If we talked about it a while, that was, that's why I got excited. I mean, you kind of ditched me, but it's cool. (laughs) You're here now. Yeah, I'm here now. Thank goodness. Glad I could be part of it. Yeah, I think it just like makes sense. I feel like personally I don't I think you challenge people in a way that like a lot of other people don't know how to and so instead of just challenging the people in your close circle like this is a perfect opportunity for you to do it and have really great conversations with people that maybe you don't know or don't know quite as well I think we're all better because of it plus like you just have a lot of good stuff to say can we can we curse on this podcast of course. Okay. Um, anyway, you, know you have me? a lot of good shit to say. <laughs> Is that allowed? Oh my gosh. Thank you. I didn't know we were supposed to just lob compliments at you from that prompt. Ashley yeah. kind of took that away. Fishing for it. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't really necessarily looking for compliments, but hey, I love hearing them. Um, That makes me so excited because that's exactly why I wanted to do a podcast. Like Spencer mentioned, it's something I've been talking about 
to different folks for a while, something I've always wanted to do. I started out on Snapchat doing Snapchat rants and anyone who knows me knows I'm an entertainer. I'm a performer. So I loved ranting on Snapchat and like getting feedback from people. And as Ashton mentioned, I love to challenge people and I love to challenge myself. And so I was like, you know what, what is a, what's a way I can uh, have conversations, I can challenge people and be the star of the show, <laughs> a <Yeah>. podcast. <laughs> you <perfect>. got it. <laughs> okay, so like now that you have us here, what's, what's this podcast going to be about? Great question, Spencer. I am a learner and I'm a teacher. And I really want to cultivate a space where we can be honest and vulnerable and learn and learn together throughout my life. And what I'm writing a paper on right now, what I, what I love to explore is love. What inspired this is I was thinking about my journey of self-love and all the ways that I've learned to love myself. In all the ways other people have taught me to love. I love talking about love. I wanted to have a space to have conversations with the people I love in my life. We need, we need more disruption. We need more celebration of pleasure and fun and love. And we need more space to honor the hard and the sad and the angry. I like to think that I do that for the people in my life. And I'm trying to do that for myself. Let's do it for more people. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. So this semester, I had the great fortune of reading Bell Hooks All About Love. This book changed my entire life. Bell Hooks gives us this beautiful, beautiful book about love and a love ethic. And she positions that love is how we commit to the revolution of of justice and it's how we sustain ourselves and our community. And so she defines love not as a feeling, but as the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth. How fucking cool is that? Seriously. Yeah, I think that's a really practical way of looking at it. So what do you think about that definition of love? How do, you, how do you feel? Like, do you, I don't know, do you embody that? Like, what do you think about it? Yeah, I think it kind of nails it for me. Like, that's how I've always thought about it. You know, there's obviously like the movie Fairy Tale Love, like, you know, sparks fly and fireworks and all that. That's kind of, I, I think, makes these false what's the word I'm looking for? Pretenses or something like to believe in that's not really real in, in real life. So I think that definition to me reflects what it actually is like. At least my experience is what that has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I guess I never would have put the realistic name to it like you were doing, Spencer, but I feel like, I think the thing that really grounds it for me is just noticing that bell hooks talks about extending oneself you don't have to do much else than just essentially as corny as it sounds just like be yourself and do what you can and love how you can and 
the fact that it can nurture someone else, like you can nurture someone else just by being who you are. I think that really brings it to, yeah, just how realistic love is and how grounding it is. And it doesn't always have to be fireworks, even though that's cool. We like that. But I don't know. I always think it's like universal too. It doesn't just have to happen with a certain person or a certain group of people. Like you can do, you can nurture people with who you are for anyone. Mm. I love that. I fell in love (laughs) with Hook's definition of love and reading her book, it felt like everything I've been looking for. I think Ashton and Spencer both know, but for anyone else listening in college, I took a class on philosophy of sex, love, and marriage. And one of our assignments was to ask a bunch of people, what is love? And while I've always considered myself a hopeless romantic, and I feel like I've, I've always been the person reading YA chick flick books and (laughs) definitely romance movies and just like in love with the idea of love I've always been that person I'm a hopeless romantic at heart all that to say this is a realistic love that matches what I have felt in my body to make more sense and to be more more comforting and more realistic and attainable And like you said, like the will to extend oneself to nurture. And I think the way you said it was really beautiful, Ashton, but just like, just you and uh, you and all that you are can nurture someone else. And it's not about like completing them or making them whole Mm -hmm. or like Mm -hmm. them completing you or making you whole. It's just as you love yourself, you can love other people. And as they love themselves, they can love you. And there's no scarcity in that, right? It's just based on our own capacity in any given moment. As I feel like as odd as it sounds, I like how limiting that is. I don't think limiting is the right word, but I like the fact that like, I'm only able to love someone as much as I can, as much as like I am. And I don't have to live up to anything else because it's just my one self. And I feel like that brings me a lot of freedom too and just being content with the fact that I can only give what I can give and I can only love how I can love because that's just who I am yeah Mm -hmm. so I love that too and why why do you feel like that's liberating for you I feel like there's always for me, at least there's always someone or something that I could be living up to or one way that a person does it is different than how I do it. And I might see it as more and that's not necessarily true. And so if I come to terms with the fact that like I'm enough, then if I truly start to believe that, then I feel like I'm, I'm free essentially. Like I'm free to feel like I'm enough. I don't know. I don't want to constantly feel like I'm not worthy of love or I'm not worthy to give other people as much love or in a certain way. And so 
I just like it. I'm just enough. But it's like a constant reminder. Like, it's not like I can say it one time and be like, okay, cool. It's done. I'm enough. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's so real. And I think, I mean, that's the consequences of the society we live in, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we're fed this scarcity mindset. We're, We're fed that there's not enough. There's not enough love. Like, I mean, monogamy, like you you attach to one person and they're supposed to complete you and meet all of your needs. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, then you need to leave and find someone else who can do it. Right. And, and that leaves us all in scarcity of, well, I'm not enough. I can't give enough. I can't receive enough. Like there's never enough. We're not satisfiable. And Hooks talks about that in her book about like how we have to confront the, the lack of love, love with the lack of love in our lives. And like, mm-hmm. until we confront that lack of love, we're not, we're not going to be able to see all the abundance. And by lack of love, she, she means that we have to confront these false definitions we've been fed of love of like, that it's a feeling that it's a, that it's a thing that happens and it's complete, like kind of like I am enough is, isn't a, it's a journey. It's the same mm-hmm. thing with love. She, she really talks about how it's a practice. It's an intentional practice of commitment, trust, knowledge respect responsibility and there's one other one but Mm -hmm. she really talks about how it's an intentional action like it doesn't just happen right and so we have to confront that it's not this destination or this firework explosion all the time that we've been sold that it is I think that's my favorite part of that is the work you put in because I don't know. That's something I had to realize when I grew up too. And like my relationships changed. You figure out that like there's people and there's situations that are worth extending yourself and your emotions mm-hmm. and like your time and your effort. And then there are, there's, there's situations that aren't and there's less mm-hmm. worth it. And I think that's like, I think that's growing up to me. It was like learning what love was actually like. Yes. You know? And I think that changed a lot for me and like how I, viewed and operated in my relationships what did it change for you just like the way I interacted with people and you know like what my expectations and I don't know I feel like I used to just think everything was supposed to happen how you know like movies or like I had a big influence from movies growing up and stuff and I because you know I don't know I feel like the relationships around me I saw were not the healthiest so I was that was my model of like what a healthy relationship would look like. And I think a lot of kids do that. I expected so much and things to go certain ways. I don't know, my relationships in the past, like one fight in, I'd be like, okay, like we can just call it now or whatever. And I don't know, it really took time. And my longest, you know, relationship, obviously just being like, this is one fight or this is one instance. It's something you have to work at and it's something that's gonna happen. This is what actually being with someone else is like. You know, it's like, you know, like you said, like the bad times with the good. I think something that I've noticed, and I never really thought about it before, but like as when I teach kids, they are always thinking, I feel like they always get just one or two versions of love. And it's either their what their parents' form of love is, or like you were saying, Spencer, what they see on TV or in movies. Then as they grow up, they kind of, like you said, have to figure that out and just, are we teaching them to navigate how to do that? Were we ever taught or did we just figure it out 
like it's yeah. I don't know I just that's such an interesting thought a good example would be when I first started dating this girl who I dated for three years our first fight I thought that was it you know I wasn't gonna see her again and I was mm-hmm. like I understand if you don't want to be with me anymore or anything and she was just like what are you talking about like mm-hmm. this is gonna happen you know and it did throughout like a lot and it's just but that's in turn what made us stronger and closer is each fight, you know, working through it, putting in the effort, trying to hear the other person's side, like, and I mean, it's not even relationships, it's like friendships, anything really. It's like, it's whether you, you take the time and effort to push through and I don't know, find some common ground or it's if you don't, because there's obviously people I've met too that I'm like, we don't view the world the same way and I'm okay with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and thank you for sharing that, Spencer. I, I've had a lot of similar experiences, and I also just recently had a very similar experience. But kind of where my mind went was just thinking about the idea of there's a fight, so we have to walk away. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like in our friendships, we put up with a lot and we fight. I mean, I don't really fight with my friends all that much. I did in middle school and high school. But <laughs> my current friends... I can't remember the last time we got in a fight except for over really petty things. <laughs> what was our last fight? I don't remember. But I just think about like in, I don't remember where I was going with this. I don't remember. Well, for um, me, what you were saying reminded me, I feel like we've talked about this before. The expectations you put up, a, you were saying you put up a lot of fight, you know, with your friends or whatever. But then like one thing happens with a significant other or something and it's, you, it's just like the difference of expectations right yeah no exactly thank you it's just like it's again I think it's that lack of love we were shown in our childhood or that lack of love we're shown in in anywhere like we don't have a good blueprint of what like love looks like and we're sold that this message of well someone does one wrong thing and like it's on to the next and obviously if there's a pattern of things happening like it's time to figure something else out maybe mm-hmm. but fighting with someone takes like you said Spencer you have to let go of your pride mm-hmm. you have to see the humanity in someone else like you have to see that you have to you have to recognize that hey I'm hurt you hurt me and you have to be able to say that to someone and that other person has to hear you. And the thing that I keep finding with boundaries and trust and like getting hurt is so often it has nothing to do with the other person. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes people intentionally hurt us and that sucks, but I just got in a fight with someone that I care about and I was hurting and they were hurting because we were each triggered by something in our past like something like a boundary was crossed that the other person didn't know was a boundary and a hurt was triggered in me that I was feeling from past relationships basically that feeling of like you're gonna leave me right like that fear of abandonment <laughs> and this relationship is gonna end and they have shown me consistently that they're gonna show up kind of like you said like your, your first, your long-term relationship, Spencer, of like, well, no, this isn't over. Like, 
we're going to have a fight. They showed me that they cared enough to disagree with me Mm -hmm. and argue with me and like be vulnerable and honest that I hurt their feelings. And I don't know, I guess the point of that is to really see like, where do we see that the humanity in someone else? Because I think sometimes, and our friends, they're our biggest hype man, right? Of like, well, you don't deserve to be treated that way. But it's like, well, what was behind that? Like, what what was behind the hurt feelings? Like when we get angry, it's usually because, and, we, and when we're angry, we say things that like, we don't necessarily mean because we're hurt, like we're lashing out. And I feel like I'm going on a tangent. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but like fighting this, fighting with someone is just like, I don't know, a big sign of care, I feel like. No, I'm with you. If you do it respectfully. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just like anything, it takes effort. So it's, 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 if anything, it shows that a willingness to put in the work and the effort, because that's also why I think when you're done fighting with someone, you know, a relationship's probably over. You know, you don't want to put in that effort anymore or something's Mm. there that's stopping you. Mm. To use bell hooks words like that's nurturing like you can even say like arguing or disagreeing is like you're still being nurtured even if you are hurt or that's something that you need to talk through like you're right if they show up and they care about you and you do the same like that's nurturing Mm. in my eyes Ooh, yeah that's good and it just reminds me of like I actually just talked to Ashton about this because I had a really hard year, dealt with a lot of racism, and I stopped disagreeing with Ashton on a lot of things. Like, it was just like, oh, like, she's not going to understand. She's white. Like, I don't have time for white people. There. Of course. <laughs> but Ashton has been, Ashton's been fucking by my side for <laughs> seven long ass years. Long <laughs> ass years. <laughs> And so I don't even remember. Something happened where I was like, Ashton, you need to show the fuck up for me. And Mm -hmm. she sure fucking did. But then a couple months later, I was like, yeah, Ashton needs to show up for you, but you also need to allow her to show up for you. And so Mm -hmm. like, it was also on me to like extend myself and disagree with Ashton, which I stopped doing because I don't know, lots of reasons, but... (laughs) Yeah, I just love that you I just love that you said that because it's on us as well like it was it was just as much on me to like right I wasn't trusting you with myself mm-hmm. yeah but I mean yeah that ties in with you saying like it's not all it's not <laughs> the other person it's something that you need to wrestle with yourself man that's tough Yo, whatever it'd be day. so much easier if it were just the other person <laughs> <laughs> just blame everyone else it would be it would be but on the other side of that sometimes it's not about you like hmm. I talked about this the other day because and this is me speaking as like an anxious person who's like they said this thing or they didn't text me back or they didn't invite me to this thing and it's like 
not about you. <laughs> like yeah. sometimes it's about other people's own inability to like trust themselves or care for themselves or like ask for what they need. Like, I don't know if you had any feelings about me not talking to you about certain shit over the past year, Ashen, but like it, it wasn't about you, it was about me. I feel like that was a bad tie-in, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I, I mean, I haven't really thought about it. I feel like, well, I think knowing that there were times that you couldn't trust me with things. And now, like, of course, you didn't say those things as they were happening. We talked about that afterwards and after you would come to those terms, essentially. But, like initially like my first thought is like oh like Sarah doesn't feel comfortable coming to me about these things or Sarah doesn't trust me and I mean whether that's true or not the only thing I can do is make sure that like I show up in the best way that I can and I think it's kind of just having to recognize, like, I don't know, you have to be really self-aware. Like, you really do. You have to, like, just, like, be self-aware, obviously, for yourself, but more just more so just understanding, like, do my friends, like, know what the hell's going on with them? Or, like, can we, can we talk about that? I don't know. <laughs> Self-awareness, yo. For real. It's fucking hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you both. Final note. This podcast is about staying patient with yourself. It's a lifelong journey of loving yourself. It's going to ebb and flow. Sometimes you're going to think you're enough. Sometimes you're not. And that's going to change moment to moment, day to day, minute to minute. Mm -hmm. And people come in and out of your life and those will, those people will affect how you love. Right. Mm -hmm. But how do you love yourself? How do you nurture yourself? Or what is something someone has taught you? Okay. I love the quote, as you love me, I learned to love myself. Like we learn to love ourselves by how other people love us. So what is something someone has taught you through their love? you I think for me it's it's like all about you know I'm paraphrasing but sort of like the you can't you only can accept love you think you deserve and it's also like you can't be in a place where you can give someone love if you're not ready to receive it you know type deal for me that's just kind of like I think about how when I'm at my best that's when I can truly like give other people my best and love people to the best of my abilities. So that's all about just putting myself first and making myself happy first, which sounds selfish, but like, I don't know, I think you're allowed to be selfish and I don't have like kids to depend on me or anything. So I'm going to be selfish. And like, for me, that's been the best for my mental health and for my relationships with other people is just to really put myself first and be happy. Like, try and find my happiness and before I look for it in other people or look to give it to other people 
Yes. <laughs> and it's not selfish. We have to take that. We have to stop. Like I do it too. Society does it. We have to stop talking like talking right. about self-love and selfish. Like yes. put your oxygen mask on first. That's not selfish. Yeah. It's how you live. It's how mm-hmm. you breathe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Got to do that. I feel like something that I have been taught through a lot of my relationships, but I feel like I learned this most from you, Sarah, is just how, like, it's okay for me to be imperfect or to not know the answers or to do something that's wrong. These past couple years, like, you know, we've all been doing some self-reflecting. I definitely have, and I've noticed that I like to be right about things and when I'm not right or when I do something wrong I take that like super personally and then everything about myself is just horrible after that and I think that something that I've learned is just like it's okay to not know everything because I sure as hell don't (laughs) and how else am I going to grow as a human and I think more specifically like love myself through that and continue to like even love others through the same thing when they go through it like how am I how could I extend empathy to people who are doing the wrong thing which we all do if I can't extend that own love and empathy to myself and I think that's something that I am working on every day but that's like the biggest thing that I've learned on how to love and take care of myself is just to be okay with being wrong and making mistakes. Mm. Yes. So thanks, Sarah. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. I've been really into affirmations to like change my toxic thought patterns. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite ones has been mistakes are okay. They are teachers. Mm -hmm. Mistakes are how we learn. You texted that to me and I screenshotted it. <laughs> yeah, I tell it to myself almost every day. Like it's one of my mantras that I regularly recite to myself. Yeah. Like um, it's a good one. Yeah, if you, if you want any other reparenting affirmations, let me know. <laughs> Yo, affirmations are my life. Like, okay, so that's that's how I've been staying patient with myself is quarantine. The pandemic, the pandemic has sucked, like, for all these reasons, but quarantine gave me permission to slow down, mm-hmm. and I'm an advocate, I'm a social worker, like, I'm constantly, like, taking care of other people, and for the first time, I, like, fully committed to putting myself first. I've done it here and there. I... I've, I've learned boundaries, but March and, and now like has been the first time that I really have committed to putting myself first in like body, mind, and spirit and game changer. (laughs) It's fucking hard. It's really hard, Mm -hmm. but I've just been like going on walks and cooking myself food and texting my friends when I need someone to talk to and just like what do I need what do I want and that's all I just do those things like all the time I'm not good at it I'm just <laughs> chill 
but it's just been a game changer and kind of like you said Spencer it's like I can't like everyone in my life deserves my best self and like I can't be my best self if I'm not taking care of myself Mm -hmm. and on my really hard weeks I had a really hard week last week and I could not do shit for my friends but there was a there was like a week last month it's been a rough it's been a rough time where (laughs) I was doing so well and I had like three friends reach out to me and I provided like really good support and I was like look at me like you're like I remember three months ago when I had that one good day (laughs) I was doing it then I was doing it then hey this pandemic has been fucking lonely y'all I remember that one good week a while ago (laughs) (laughs) I love you both thank you so much for being here on our first episode I love you Sarah love you thanks for having me yeah thanks for having me it was fun oh such a good time always Stay patient. Show up. <laughs> that. And we're out.